When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Top of the Key. I'm Grace, and as always, I'm here with Thomas. Um, I feel like you could say this every week, but uh, Caitlin Clark really owned the women's basketball conversation this week. I mean, yeah, she's something else. (laughs) Entirely built different. Yeah. um, She, I mean, the big moment for her this week was the uh, hitting the game winner at literally 0.1 seconds, which was a little bit of a controversy because I guess Peacock's clock was behind. People were saying it shouldn't count, but they got a good shot from the game where you can see her in the air with the ball being let go at 0.1 seconds. Um, No debate. It was good. Uh, also, did you see the clip of like the huge block she had earlier in the game, which was hilarious? Yeah, she's also <laughs> she's good on both sides of the court, which is funny. Like, not funny, but you mostly think of up and coming stars as like offensive only players or at least offensive leaning players. But she's just so good at both. Yeah, especially like up and coming guards. I feel like so mm. often are more. I mean, we're Liberty fans. Sabrina Ionescu clearly is more offensively focused than defensively focused. But I Clark mean, she is- still can't. She still can't play defense. So <laughs> it's 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 it, it's not like she learned yet. At least it's because defense just comes last for basketball players. It's like that really. Just the sport in general, scoring is so much easier, especially now, with the yeah. way modern basketball is played. That. I don't blame them for being better at uh, offense first, but also offense first gets you the, it gets you clicks on ESPN and gets you up the draft boards and the point yeah. of scoring. Yeah. Um, she also became the all time big 10 assists leader, um, which is crazy. And again, it's just, it's January 5th. She's got however many more months of this now to go. Oh yeah. She's going to be all over the record books, like super <laughs> all over it. Yeah. Obviously um, she's the one of the best players in, college basketball history probably at this point yeah oh yeah definitely i will say i love the people who are like she is the greatest college basketball player of all time (laughs) and i'm like all right let's cool the jets there a little bit i i i I like the fire but she's probably that's probably not true yeah (laughs) yeah just like have you seen every single one of them? Most of the people I feel like who are saying this started watching in like the last three years. You know, these are the same people who are saying, you know, Paige Beckers isn't a household name, which it's like, mm, she just got hurt. Like, that's really what the issue was there. Yeah. Um, She's going to go number one. She's doing the will I, won't I thing that like Aaliyah Boston did last year. Um, But the quotes are very much sounding like a, I'm trying to make Iowa feel better about this, but I am leaving. I just can't fathom a world where she sees how much, just like going in one overall, I can't imagine seeing that being like, I'm going to not get drafted. It just boggles the mind that you could possibly think that. 
Yeah. Maybe I, maybe they pay her enough, but I just don't see how. Yeah, it, it it's just like what else is there to do? I feel like the only way the pull would even slightly be there would be if Iowa makes it to the finals again and doesn't win. And her vibe is like, well, we could do it next year. And that really means something to her in a way. Um, but other than that, I like, what's the point? Yeah. And also like, especially when you're in her position, and I think this, that would be her. She goes out in practice and knock on wood, tears her ACL. Well, oh, there goes your, there goes being first overall and there goes a year of your life. And it's not like she wouldn't get drafted or probably even it's not like she wouldn't be good after that. Like Paige Beckers is obviously really good to me like right away, but like <clears throat> you just don't like, you don't want to put that risk. And when the, when the pros are looking at you like that and you're looking at, you're going to go first overall, there's no really, I don't think there's an alternative at this point to her then. Yeah. I mean, I think you just do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is like, it, it just, again, like, like with Aaliyah Boston, it just doesn't make sense not to, yeah. not to leave at this point, you know? Yeah. And I mean, even Boston even had more of a reason to leave. She had won a championship too. There was literally nothing keeping her there other than just like good vibes, I guess. But yeah, I, I don't see a world where Caitlin, Clo like you said, if she gets hurt next year, you know, she's still going to get drafted. She's still going to be a good player, but you know, that's all that's a whole year of your life down the tubes at that point, too. Like that's yeah. even more so than oh the the money and the draft pick and everything like that. Like that's just a year of your life and your career that you're never getting back. Yeah. Like I think NIL, like we've had discussions on NIL and how it's going to keep people in college, and I still think that's true. But I think when you're at a at a Caitlin Clark level where you're going to go first overall and everyone knows you're going to go first overall, it's just why would you even take the risk to me? Like, just, just go do it, you know, like just yeah. go first overall because that just makes so much more sense to your career. So yeah, I just think, I, I think NIL helps keep you till you're like a junior or a senior instead of leaving as early as you, or it's might it even might keep people in a year extra than they should. But I think when it's this, high of a draft pick you're just gonna go this high of draft capital you're just gonna go and you probably should yeah um i i i want to just say this because i feel like again we've been talking about and again caitlin clark is one of the best you know college women's basketball players probably ever um i don't i think some of the people who have only really been watching since clark and reese and all of that fun stuff was happening last year don't realize that there will almost certainly be a adjustment period for her coming into the oh, league. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even Boston had such a great year this year, even she had to make a few adjustments. It's just, you are going from a, a, you know, college career where Caitlin Clark can drop 40 points, you know, 30 points in all of these games because they're playing teams that, you know, they're playing the College of Biblical Studies, which we'll get to that later. But, like, you're playing these bad, super bad teams. You're going from that to you're playing in a league with the best 144 players in the world, give or take. There's got to be an adjustment here. Oh, for sure. And I think <clears throat> I think getting yourself in the professional setting as soon as possible helps with those adjustments. Like, 
You don't want to. Yeah. I don't think she has many bad habits in the in in her college game right now. It's not like she's doing anything really stupid. She obviously passes the ball the ball to her teammates as she has the most assists in the Big Ten. Like it's she's she's not a ball hog. She's not a shot chucker or anything like that. But she's gonna have to. She's not gonna be the focal point of her next team because that's just not. Chances are it's just not how it's gonna work. Aaliyah Boston's there. She's gonna need her. Uh, she's gonna need her run. There's other professionals who are going to be there. They might sign people. Who knows? We'll also get to that. But, um, yeah, it's just I think getting into the professional setting as quick as possible helps because I don't want to say you stat, but at some point you're just not facing good enough competition. Even even at the top of the Division One, like not everyone you're playing is going to go professional even at a lower level. Not every, Some people are going to play their last college basketball game their, their last basketball game of their career is going to be their senior night in college, and then they're going to go like work a nine to five. And that's they're elite athletes compared to the rest of the world, but you're not facing the best of the best at Iowa, even if it is Iowa. Like you're not facing College of Biblical Studies every week, but also <laughs> Iowa State doesn't have five rotation players who are going to be WNBA players. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's. You know, getting in, like you said, getting into the league is going to help with that adjustment period. But there's, you know, you're going to have to make that adjustment. She's probably going to have a great rookie season. I mean, that's oh, I'm, just, I, she, she'd yeah. be betting favorite rookie of the year. Day yeah, one. Exactly. Like out of the shoot, I wouldn't be surprised if her first game she's out here like dropping thirty or whatever, yeah. doing something crazy. But there's going to be stretches where for a week she looks a little lost, yeah. and for two weeks they're gonna they're gonna expose her in a defensive. Um, on, on defense when they do something that she hasn't seen and or hasn't seen consistently done to her because she only plays a team like LSU once who does have maybe like a team of rotation players in the WNBA, you know, yeah. like, and also like Iowa's a great program, but a lot of it's because she's there when she leaves, they're not going to be the same high level team. I'm sure they're yeah. going to be, maybe, maybe they will recruit better because of Caitlin Clark, but you know, no, there's not a ton of other WNBA talent on that team. There's there is, but it's not as high level as the LSU. Yeah. So. And it it's also like, you know, you're facing you, the the second or third game of the year for Indiana, presuming she gets drafted by Indiana, is the Liberty. I would not be surprised if there's some big highlight that comes out of that game of Caitlin Clark trying to take a shot and, you know, Brianna Stewart, or if they resign her, John Quell Jones, just smacking the ball out of her hands. Cause she's just, yeah. she's never faced them before. And yeah. There's going to be stuff where she gets level. cut up. Yeah. She gets, she, she's going to go face the aces in the Liberty and get cut up because she's <laughs> never played a player like that before. Yeah. Because Asia even Wilson's best... going to look her, make her look silly. Exactly. Because <laughs> at one point, Asia Wilson was that rookie who was out here taking her licks against the stars of the WNBA at the time. And Brianna Stewart was the same way. You know, it's just, that's just how, how sports is. It doesn't yeah. matter how good you are. At some point you have to learn how to play, how to play against the top of the top because you just haven't played there yet. Yeah. But she's going to be great. Like we're saying all this, like she's not going to win rookie of the year unless <laughs> she gets hurt. Like I would, I would be shocked if she's not the betting favorite for rookie of the year by the end of the year. Just, she's just, she's good. Oh Yeah. I don't want it to sound like I don't think like she's going to be great. It's just, you know, there's got to, there's going to be that moment where she comes into the league and she's going to have one of those stretches of a week or two weeks or whatever. And people are going to start going, you know, because again, we all, people like to kick into hyperdrive on these things and go, Oh, that's it. 
you know, she's actually not that good. Blah. And like, that's just, you gotta, you gotta let them have them. I mean, look at, again, we're Liberty fans. Look at Sabrina Nescu. She got hurt that first year. So you can't really count that in there. But that second year, she was kind of playing hurt. She didn't look that great. And people turned it into, oh, she's actually not that good. You gotta yeah, get these players. It took a while. Yeah, it, took yeah, a while it takes her. a while. It takes a while for certain players, you know. Aaliyah Boston came in, had a couple stretches there or whatever. But other than that, she had a phenomenal rookie season. And she's going to probably, you know, if she continues on this path, she's going to be one of the greatest players in the W of all time. Like, just based on the way her stats have gone already. You just got to you gotta be patient. Yeah. And I think that <clears throat> to, to kind of top off this conversation, like, we talked, we've kind of said this a few times, but there's not much more development left for her at this level at the NCAA. She's just better than everyone really for the most part. Obviously there's page Beckers and um, <clears throat> everyone else at the top of the draft. who was the Angel Reese and everyone else got the, at the top of the draft, but she's going to be the first overall pick. There's no reason to go back and just be the first overall pick next year and kind of do the same thing all over again. Yeah. There's no, there's no learning to be had at a, with an extra year. But there's learning to be had at a rookie year in the WNBA. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. And it's it's going to, you know, we're going to have fun the next few months. The the NCAA tournament is going to be kicking up soon. And it's going to be a you know fun time to watch Caitlin Clark and all that. And then come May, presumably she will be will be able to watch it. That's going to be really tough. I just thought about that. Like you're you do this huge tournament and then immediately turn around and go right into the league. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Also, to to follow up on this, she just had a she just recorded her third double double of the season against Rutgers, <laughs> going twenty nine ten and 10, 10 rebounds, ten assists. So, like, she's just ready. Like, she's just yeah. she could she could not, she could just she won't do this, but she could just say, "Hey, I'm not playing. I'm gonna go to the. I'm just gonna. This is my last college game. I'm gonna re- prepare for the WNBA. Go." Mitchell Robinson mode and just not play his 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 college season. Like she could do that if she really wanted to. She won't and she probably shouldn't, but yeah. she could. I think she probably could if she wanted yeah. to. But yeah. Like that's just she's ready. So go get drafted. Yeah. Uh yeah. I mean it's it's there's nothing much else to be said about Caitlin Clark, but we will probably be saying a lot of the same stuff about Caitlin Clark come the next few months. Um We'll take a, sh- a short break, and when we come back, we will wrap up, presumably. I don't know that there's anyone else much more to talk about after this week with our WNBA free agency previews. All right, and we're back. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's really kind of now the tier of, you know, we talked about our stars and then our good, like, next starters stuff, and then the rest of the free agency class is a lot of bench players, people who were hurt last year, people who haven't realized their full potential. Um, I do want to bring up before we get into this, um, Skylar Diggins Smith has been active on Twitter X again. Um, and I want to pull up her tweets cause she has been um, referencing free agency in a way that is uh, very open in a, in a, in a way. Um, yeah. So she tweeted out yesterday, the plot thickens with no context around that. Then someone tweeted at her and said, just pack your bags and go on home to Indiana. They need you. And she responded three hours ago with, they don't think so. 
Uh, well, that's not good. So <laughs> yeah, that not that doesn't sound great. Uh, and then someone responded here with, "Damn, how you feel about the East Coast, uh, CT or NYK?" Which I love that that implies that she should just play for the Knicks. Uh, yeah. Not that I disagree. <laughs> I mean, just just go fill quickly spot at the, yeah. on the bench, and you'll be fine. And she responded, "I love the East Coast." Uh, so again, I have kind of felt like she was a good choice for Connecticut. That that might play out. Uh, it sounds like Indiana doesn't want to have Skylar Diggins Smith's talent, which um, that might be a team building decision from having Caitlin Clark, I don't understand why they would say no to Skylar Diggins Smith. It's not like their team is jam packed with superstars, but who knows? Yeah. It's just, I do appreciate how open, uh, W players seem to be about this stuff. It's very fun. Yeah. And, uh, she was like, I love the East coast. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure if you said that. So like, it's just, <laughs> it's so fun to see this because, they're at a level of the league and themselves are at a level of popularity where the players are still kind of like accessible to fans in this way that other sports can't yet. And I love that. Like, that's actually a good thing. And I will, I miss, I miss that. I miss when like, you can't like a a, a baseball player can't go on Twitter and tweet a bunch of emojis. It would be a disaster. Like people would be like, (laughs) You know what I mean? It would it would be it would be like all hands on deck trying to figure out what the hell is it. But like everyone just had fun with Brianna Stewart's last year. Like yeah. Skylar Dickens Smith's uh, repo, uh, quote tweeting this and being like quote xing this, I guess I don't know, and being like <laughs> and being like I love the East Coast. <laughs> it's like that's great stuff. Like give me that stuff. That's fun. Yeah, that that keeps the stuff in your mind while it's going. Also, maybe Liberty should just sign her, which would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be so funny. It would be very much in line with um, Gotham FC this week, just literally signing every player to have ever played soccer. Yes, literally everyone. <laughs> yeah. It's like there's like seven people on that team who are who are Olympic or who are on the national team. Like, what are we doing? It's hilarious. <laughs> it's. I mean, I'm loving it. Uh, oh, me too. It's great. <laughs> uh, so we'll get into the, the the W free agents before we start getting too into Gotham FC because I can talk a lot about that too. Um, the sort of the main person of this third tier of bench slash rotation players slash, you know, not stars. Um, Kia Stokes. I don't see her going anywhere, but back to Vegas. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. They need her really like the way that team is built kind of is designed to have her slot right in there perfectly. Um, and, and also where are you going? If you're key? like the, why would you sign anywhere else? Yeah. Like you, unless you, you got paid crazy amounts of money and no one's paying Kia Stokes crazy amounts to play bad. Like, like, and that's not a dig at Kia Stokes. She's just not going to get the kind of money that would drive her away from Vegas where she could win another championship and be with all of her friends. And also like being the aces in Vegas is probably very fun. Like, yeah, they they show out for that team and they care about them a lot. It's pro- it, I know the Raiders are out there, but it might be and and the Golden Knights are a big deal too. But they care about their Vegas sports, and the Aces are very much in that mold. It's not like they're an afterthought out there. So it's probably a really fun place to be in general. Yeah, um, Alana Smith. She had a great year in Chicago. She'll land somewhere, um, but she's probably going to be a 
bench option for a team in need of a four just because she doesn't have a ton of versatility, you know? So a lot of these players, it's unlike the other tiers where you could say, oh, very clearly this team is in need of this kind of player or whatever. This is a very fluid, like, someone could sign her. She could end up back in Chicago. Like, a lot of these players, I'm like, they might end up back where they were. This is also a lot of what we're, a lot of the players we could talk about here are going to be dependent on what other moves they make in yeah. a free agency in a in trades you don't know what's what roster spots open up for people when they consolidate their roster in a trade and then they have to go sign a a, a, a power forward then that's when a lot of but you know what i mean yeah. like this some some of this might wait till later on in the year it's, it, it might be a thing where we're talking about this stuff later this all might be a thing where some of these where, where, where some, some of these players decide to try to ring chase and sign with good players I mean good teams to be bench players for them like that's a, also a common thing and a popular thing so we'll see how that goes like I wouldn't be surprised if the Liberty dip into this group of free agents quite a bit yeah. not quite a bit but to just kind of pad out the the bench a little because I think they're going to lose some bench players and it's not going to be and the aces also need a few bench players and I'm sure every single player in the league wants to play for one of those two teams yeah so <laughs> it'll, it's just that stuff is also nice too where or that's also where a lot of these players will end up and it's nice for them to have options yeah. that's more than one option because even like Connecticut is a good team for this or they could do the other option and go to a team that's not great to rebuild your value and get more money and get more minutes so I think it's yeah. just kind of what down to what these players value, which we don't know. Yeah. No, like you said, you know, Kalani Brown mm-hmm. is going to go somewhere that needs a big, a big somewhere on the court. It's probably going to take a while. Don't think she goes back to Dallas just because that team Dallas is, already... is kind of, they're big. Yeah. Already. Yeah. So yeah, that might be, get... uh, <laughs> that, that might be somewhere else that could be in it. And also like I could see Indiana going after a few of these to be like, yeah. Hey, let's, let's legitimize the roster a little bit. Yeah, with, this is. We have Clark and Boston. It's time to be serious. Yeah, yeah. This could also be a tier where you're, you know, um, oh, I'm trying to think of like what the really bad teams are going to be this year. Where you're like Seattle Storm or like Phoenix Mercury dip into this group to just like feel the team, and you know the Mercury could use some of these players to teach their coach about basketball. like i'm sure like get out the whiteboard some dry erase markers i'm sure these players have some stuff to say yeah it's just it's (laughs) it's interesting because there's a lot of also it's kind of it's kind of deep where a lot of these players could do a job for you where i wouldn't mind most of these players on my bench like ania coffee even if even with her hand injury last year Katie Lou Sanderson missed last year because she was on leave, but she could come back and probably still play. It's just, it's a nice group where it's kind of a deep free agent class. Maybe not as top heavy as other free agent classes were, but there's a lot of options for teams and there's a lot of different, there's a lot of guards. Teams need guards all the time. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the, if the Liberty get a third, like a backup guard here. Um, they- if they start, need one like yeah they, <laughs> like and i MJ's wonder if not this there is that year <laughs> and i wonder if this is where they look for it instead of the draft because I'm, at at 12 you don't really know what the draft is going to bring you yeah. so you might look for it here first and then let it all play out if if the draft does 
if a guard falls to you that you really like at the draft, then you could just take them and you could call it a day and let them fight it out in camp. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, looking at this tier, I wouldn't hate, like, a Laisha Clarendon would love to, like, they are, like, 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 such good vibes, first of all. And then also, they had a great year with the Sparks. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Clarendon goes somewhere where they may get more playing time. Minutes? Although, yeah, yeah. That could be like, a minute situation. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I could see Clarendon going to, like, Chicago or something like that, or Dallas, and getting more minutes than New York would give them. But, uh, again, I like, Clarendon had a great year. Diamond DeShields could be a very interesting bounce-back candidate who's been hurt a lot, but, like, maybe the you know one of these teams takes a chance on on her or Ariel Powers is not going back to Minnesota very very loudly about that um a lot of these guards and stuff like that are going Ariel like- Powers is like that I, I I could see um her getting uh kind of a big kind of being a bigger deal than you would think in free agency yeah, yeah. and then you know she just it, scores she yeah. scores and you need, you need scoring yeah uh, yeah, I mean, like, looking at this list, you deny coffee. I mean, Rebecca Gardner, I feel like, is just going to stay in Chicago. Especially as a restricted free agent, I can't imagine yeah. her leaving. That's just a lot of... Yeah. They'll they'll match, because it's not going to be a ton of money again, because just because she had her breakout rookie season at the age of, what, 32? Like, kind of kind of a, a, a risky situation there, but you know, with teaspoon there and everything like that could be, you know, could be interesting for her. And I mean, I've, I wrote down all these names. I didn't even include, you know, Kennedy Carter and Megan Gustafson, Destiny Henderson, Daniel Robinson, Carly Samuelson. You know, there's a lot of other names here floating around and yeah, there's a lot of names. There's a lot of names that unfortunately not a lot of roster spots to go around. So it's going to be a competition to be who you want to, sign and who gets signed and stuff like that. And there'll be a lot of turnover and there'll be a lot of kind of flip-flopping these names around and stuff. And Yeah. I, I also... Just... No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you uh, go. You go for... oh, okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> we'll just do this for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's just say that this is how we end the pod, everyone. We just, we just uh, politely <laughs> no. let each other go ahead for 20 minutes. <laughs> no, but I was saying, like, <clears throat> there's so many ways that you could go to build your bench, too, that you could you could focus your bench in different ways and focus on who you think is going to, who you could consolidate with the bench players to make a trade. And then you figure out how to fill it out that way. So yeah, that's really it. Just yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of options for teams and there's a lot of interesting players, especially in this tier that you could fill out your bench with and make a good bench. Yeah. I also, I took this from the, the athletic article that we've mentioned before talking about this thing that went through all these free agents, but there's a name not on this list that I think there's been like, Hints of a return, but in one very specific context, and that's Allie Quigley. Um, and I don't, I think it's a non-zero chance that she come because she didn't retire. She just said she wasn't playing last year. I think there's a non-zero chance she signs a one-year deal to play with New York. They are going to need another guard on that team. Um, at least one. I, I I don't know if Jocelyn Willoughby is a restricted free agent or an unrestricted free agent, but if Quigley's coming in, she's taking the Marine Johannes spot almost certainly. Um, but that is something interesting to monitor because I I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. 
Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. I'm 50-50 on if I think it's a good idea. But yeah, me too. I wouldn't be surprised just because that kind of fits the vibe of what they're going for, which is like this veteran team and all that stuff. But I don't know. Um, I guess you could also easily phase her out if it doesn't work for you. Yeah. I don't know. They also need another big because I don't know if I don't know what you do with Dolson. If you want her to come back, I know she's not a free agent yet, but you could probably trade her. No, she's a free agent, isn't she? Is she? she is, oh no, she is a free agent. You're, yeah, she signed and a two-year I, deal, and I, I don't know. think she's going to get as much money as she did last time. Yeah, I, she got like she got a uh, she two years, three hundred twenty k. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate bringing back. Dolson, you know, like I, as like the bench big with Sabali there too, who hopefully will continue to develop. Like, wouldn't wouldn't hate that on like a one or two year deal where like less money. That I wouldn't have a problem with that. The vibes would be great. Yeah, like I wouldn't <laughs> mind it. I'm not saying. Oh, she, she's an RFA by the way, Willoughby. Um, okay. I wouldn't mind it because this is how I got onto this topic. I'm I'm looking up their their stuff right now. Um. I wouldn't mind it. It's just I wonder if they want to go in a more athletic direction than her. Yeah. And a little bit of a younger one. She's already 30. Um, but, yeah, that's really it. It's just they they have it's, – it's just an interesting way that they could uh, – let, let me look up the active contracts. This is a better way to put it. Yeah, they could. They need another guard. They need another big – and the thing is, like, we named so many, you could do whatever. You could go in so many directions here because yeah. there's so many free agents. And I think that's, even in this tier, like, these aren't game breakers, but these are important players. These are players when someone rolls their ankle and is out for two weeks, you need a starter who could play. That's where these players come in. You need tough bench minutes that are, like, 12 to 15 minutes off the bench in a playoff game. Don't, that's important. Yeah. You need... When, when, like, Stephanie Dolson needs to be able to, like, uh, to use her as an example, she was always ready. Like, she was always, the, she, she was always like, look, if someone goes down, I might not be playing a lot, and I understand my role, but she's going to give you solid minutes, even if they're not spectacular minutes. Even if they're not even good minutes, they're usable minutes when someone gets hurt or when you need it in a tough spot. And that's important, too, especially in bigger games and in the playoffs and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that was why I loved the, getting Caitlin Thornton last year because that's literally what that is where they basically exchanged the Beck Allen spot for the Kayla Thornton spot which gave you like a better chance of good health with that because Kayla Thornton came off the like will come off the bench and give you you know however many minutes a game she was averaging I wouldn't some probably somewhere around like 15 to 20 minutes a game but she was came out she was a hard fighter she could score and she would give you the craziest defense of your life. And it just it works. And you need it, stuff like that. Yes. You need stuff like that. Yeah. They have they have pretty much all their starters lined up. I assume they just re-signed John Quill Jones, which again, assuming it's gonna get you a lot of bad places, but I it just it, that's the vibe. The vibe feels like she just comes back. But once you do that, you need to f- sort of create a bench that can work with that. And they're they're lucky where you know their starters are you know, other than Vandersloot are all pretty young. So they can work with that. But especially with Sloot and the way Sloot looked a lot in the playoffs last year, you you should want to sign at least one youngish guard for the 
the bench or draft one. Agree. And you need an infusion of scoring from the bench now without yes. an MJ. That's a huge loss for the bench scoring, and it's going to be a huge issue for them going forward if they don't replace that because the Aces won without it, but that's like one of the best starting fives in WNBA history. And while the Liberty are really good and they're the second best team in the league, they're not that good. Yeah. So you need bench scoring to be able to keep up. And yeah. Not that I'm saying that they'll be bad or anything that you're obviously not. It's just that's a big hole. And this is this tier and the tier we talked about last pod is where we're gonna where they could fill it. If they want to spend a little more and get a little lavish with it, then they could if they could figure out the cap space for that. But I think because they have so many high price players and they have a lot of star power already with their contract situations and like they they paid Laney and they paid other you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not like they have they have money, but they don't have the max slot money that the Aces have, where the Aces could sign five of these players and remake their entire second unit. Like, I don't know if the, the Liberty don't have that luxury, so they might have to be a little more frugal and pick out of this bucket. But this bucket is very... A lot of these players we named are going to be useful and good, and everyone will like having them on your roster type people. Yeah. It, there's, not, there's not really a bad player in this bunch, because if there was, we wouldn't talk about them. You know, like... Yeah, they these, are like, like <laughs> these are like a clear step... Step down is such like, I don't mean it in the way that I'm saying it, that it sounds, but they're not the cream of the crop of this, of this draft class, but that doesn't make them bad either. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. Um, the, so with free agency, I believe teams can start sending out qualifying offers on the 11th. Um, and then they can begin negotiating with free agents, talking with free agents on the 21st. And then I think February 1st is when they can announce signings. So um, this is going to start kicking up soon. We'll we'll hopefully have more to talk about. Uh, if Skylar Diggins-Smith keeps her, keeps her phone on and ready, we might have a lot more to talk about in the coming weeks. Um, let's, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with a little bit more college hoops news. All right, and we're back. Uh, so it's just some, some miscellaneous stuff. Um, especially since last week, we didn't get to talk with a lot of, a lot of this because of the schedule and all our free agent stuff and everything. Um, Hannah Hidalgo is really, really great. Um, 12 games into her college career. She's really fun. And to see that level, that high level of defense that she has on her is incredible at, at her age at 18. Yeah. To be as strong of a defender as you just don't see that that often. That's like, I know we throw the term around gener. I don't want to even call it generational because it's so early, but that's like what it would look like. What like yeah. being, being the best defender in the league type defense starts from stuff like this. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about her in a few years as a top half first round, like a mid ish first round pick. And it's like impact defender who could contribute on the offensive end. Yeah, kind of like a like a really high end three and D player. I wouldn't be surprised if that's where she ends up, like a mid round first type player. But she's good; like she could play. Yeah, twelve games. <clears throat> she's got two hundred ninety four points, seventy five rebounds, seventy three assists, and seventy steals. Um, which is the I believe I saw the first time in the NCAA history that in twelve games a um, women's basketball player has had any of those. Uh, like 
you know, 280 plus, 70 plus for the other three um, in 12 games. And she's done it in her first 12 games, uh, which is insane. It's crazy. Like, and this is the type of thing where it sucks that she can't just go pro next year because she would yeah. probably be in it. She would probably be good enough to be a WNBA player next year. Absolutely. I don't, like, especially as like a, as like a, like a alpha defender off the bench type player. She could probably do that right away. I, I think that she could wait and develop her offensive game a little bit more. Because she's it's not like she doesn't drop 30 sometimes, but like her claim to fame is her defense. Like yeah. she's a defensive player first right now. And yeah. so once she starts getting her offense up to speed, then she could really start making noise. Yeah. Um, this, you sent me this the other night. Um, <laughs> and we re I referenced it earlier. Uh, Grambling University played the College of Biblical Studies um, and they won 159 to 18 which is like a truly i like had to i like rubbed my eyes with like that window cleaning sound effect when i saw those numbers <laughs> like it, truly baffling the the college of biblical studies if it's the same one i believe has 100 followers on twitter so <laughs> like it's just a small school hey they got and more followers than points i don't really I don't really understand how they booked this match. A match. This it was basically a wrestling match. Because I said booked, I, I said match. Booked this um booked this um game. This thing because they also played the men's basketball team too. And they they only the men's basketball team won the Grambling State basketball team won eighty four to seventy two. So they actually played them pretty well. But, like, how did this even happen? I don't really understand. Is this, like, a BS high thing where they're actually not a real school? No, I think it seems they, like to be They don't have it's, a women's basketball team. They just ran yeah. out a bunch of girls to get the, the cross promotion. It's also a Division One record for 141-point margin of victory, which is insane behavior. I just those that like the thought of that, like you get to the end and your your side just says eighteen, and then the other side says one hundred and fifty nine. Like like uh, just <laughs> the 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 athletic wrote about this article. I mean the, this uh this uh game, and in the article, I didn't realize this. The they're called the ambassadors, the College of Biblical Studies. They're they're sports teams. They scored their first point with two minutes and fourteen seconds left in the first. So they were they were shut out oh for God. like they were shut out for like eighteen minutes. I don't know how that's possible playing basketball. Just like not one fell. That's what I'm saying. Like get to the line. At the end of the first quarter, sorry, for most of the first quarter, not the first half. For the end of the first quarter, it was forty six to four. Um Grambling State. Like that's wild. Oh my god! Like it's just it's like it's mind boggling. Like you, you, <laughs> eight players played. Oh my god! It's the first season of its exit. Oh no! <laughs> no. The, the, the the College of Biblical Studies, a Houston-based school participating in Division Two of the National Christian College Athletic Association, is in its inaugural season, and the school's online roster shows eight players who are all freshmen. That's why. How did they get this game? <laughs> I don't know how they got this game. But this is um, by Alex Andrin. I, I, I'm going to mispronounce your name. I'm so sorry. Alex Andrejev 
um, of the athletic. So to not to steal his his thunder, but yeah, that's that's um that's how that game went. <laughs> and I just I think this goes to show. I think it's actually a good separation point between the men's game and the women's game right now, where they are in the W in in, in the in the NCAA. These two schools played in the men's league, and it was it was almost it was close. Sorry, she Alex Angenova is a woman. Sorry, but it was close. It was a twelve point game. This was a one hundred and forty one point game. So <laughs> there is still there is still a big divide in the top and the bottom of women's athletics because we're just not there yet. And I think this kind of is a thing that shows it. The women's team only scored six more points than the differential in the men's game. It's crazy. It's so wild. <laughs> uh, and then finally, I, I want to touch on this. Um, the This news, I believe, just broke today or yesterday. Um, there was a new NCAA deal. I have no idea why it's so hard for me to say that. Every time I go to say NCAA? Yes. It does not come out. I see it and I want to say, like, like I, my brain just stops. It, and I don't, and I'm reading it. I'm looking at the letters right now. And I'm still like, how do those letters sound? What does that sound like together? Um, they have a new deal with ESPN. That one I can do. Uh, that values it like a new for, for all their various sports championships in that deal. But it values the... Um, specifically the women's basketball championship at $65 million a year, which is yeah, incredible. I mean, and I think this is how you, this is just league growth. And this is, this helps more players play. This helps more players get money. This helps more players take it more seriously and get the same or similar facilities to the men in, in the men. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's a trickle down effect where, when these games are highly touted like this and ESPN is paying $65 million a year to get it on their station, it's going to be serious business to play women's basketball at LSU. And it's going to be, you know, just like it is for a man. Like, it's going to be the same thing. Like, it, it, it gets to that level because the eyeballs are on it and then you're getting the NIL money that we talked about. It's just, it's better for the league in general and it becomes better, the sports are better and it becomes better for the professional game like the wm the uh, the wmba is better than it was 10 years ago the the nwsl is maybe the best league in the world and if it's not the best league it's the second best league in the world and that's a global sport you know so yeah. like and and look at mls like mls is a joke internationally yeah. it's where it's where european players go messi walks around and is the best player in the league he doesn't even run he just kind of <laughs> walks up because he doesn't have to because he's playing against some dude who went to byu and is terrible so like, it's just it's cool to see this, and also they're real. The the sport, the, the the games are just really good. The WM, the now this is where I mess up. I never know where to put the W. <laughs> like the WNCAA or NC, you know what I'm talking about now. Yes. So the, the women's tournament last year was incredible. It was so it was it was so good. The the, the basketball is so good, and now they're getting proper eyes on it and proper compensation for it. And that's really cool. It gets, yeah. And even it's going to grow from here too. This is how it gets more expensive and more expensive and more expensive. This is how the, the, the WNBA gets a better TV deal in a year or whenever the CBA is up. Like it's just, it's a, it's a nice growing effect and we're seeing it all over women's sports and it's good. It's a good thing. Yeah. If the, 
the the WNBA and the Players Association have to be like their eyes have to be the size of dinner plates with this deal because along with this and the the NWSL deal that just went through a, a couple months ago, the, like the the WNBA's next TV deal, if they do it right, which you know, God bless Kathy Engelbert, um, they should be in for a ginormous payday because the growth of the league along with the growth of the sport, along with the growth of women's sports in general, should mean that they should be, you know, making huge bank on this next deal. And that, in turn, helps the players in the CBA because that will help increase the salary cap and and the, the, you know, max salary and everything like that. And this is the growth of the sport. We, like, we're watching this in real time. And and that's, like, and and that's also... To, to say how, how you said that, how it ends up, it raises the salary cap, it raises players' floors, and all that stuff. It also helps when the NWSL's contract is up in three years. Yes. Then they point to that and say, hey, look how much they got last time. And then when the NCAA is like, hey, look, now the now the NCAA Final Four and all that stuff in the championship game is $100 million, that's when the WNBA again goes back and says, hey, remember that? And that's how it grows. Like, I think it's easy to forget because we are watching it that – these leagues are so young. Yes. But what what is it? Twenty five years of the WNBA in in, in that general area. Twenty eight, I believe. I I believe is the math. Right it's now. it's something like I I know it's yeah. in the late twenties, like mid to late twenties, almost thirty. Yeah. Thirty years of like baseball was like nineteen ten. Like yeah. thirty years of the NFL was like the, the maybe the seventies, maybe even earlier than that. Like that's still a long time ago. 30 years of the M- of, of, of the NBA, like, there was still the ABA kicking around like it was a different... It's... These leagues are young because then we're seeing it in real time and we're alive for it. It's a rare thing to see because most of the leagues we see... the 30 years of, of the NHL was, like, the 40s or the, fi- <laughs> like, like, or the 50s, maybe. Like, it was a long time ago. Yeah. So, we we're haven't the- seen... Yeah. We haven't we're seen the- a league grow. Yeah. As a society, really. Yeah. Like, we almost I mean, don't know what it looks like. Well, you know, there's there's the way to see an even younger league grow with the uh, PWHL that just started. And that's going to kick into this, too. Because now that women's sports is becoming a bigger deal, that's going to get a kick in on this, too. And then, you know, that money will, will raise. You know, yeah. a rising tide lifts all boats. And all these Agreed. boats are going to start floating real high. And like the women's hockey stuff is really interesting because they've tried it so many times and it, it's fa- It's for lack of a better term, it just has not worked. Like the league's liquidated. It's, it was kind of a disaster. Like it, it just didn't work right, but they keep getting kicked at it. And women's hockey is actually, it's it, women's hockey is in a really weird place because the Olympics are really, the, the play is really good and there's just nowhere to really see it anywhere else. Like there, there was other hockey leagues and there was, there was the, uh, the Riveters for New York and they lasted for a while, but they played in like a really rinky dinky place and it just didn't look professional at all. And you know, like it's just, it's hard because it's hard to get your foot in the door, but like this is on MSG, like MSG has the, has the streaming rights for these games. Like, it's not like it's on some ridiculous, like I had to watch the Riveters on Twitch because that's where those <laughs> yeah. at, 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 at the end. So, like those games were streamed on Twitch.tv. Like that's diff- like that's how you know it's not going to really work out for you. <laughs> your game. Like 
like I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but I was like, whoa, that's not good. Like that's just not where you want to be. Yeah. I mean, and there were so, moments where the, the NWSL looked like that, where like now yeah, it was, it was bad. Like, it was it bad. Looked, and then, yeah, but it was bad. It, it looked like it might not exist at at, at points, and then it, it fought through and it got to the other side, and the other side looks great for them, and I'm happy that that that's where it's ending up. But to your point, that is that is a great call on on on, on the PWHL, right? PWHL, yes. yeah. Um, and these don't, these teams don't even have names yet, like. You're literally. I'm following the PWHL New York on hockey on on on, on Instagram, and they play in Connecticut because they don't have a place to play in New York. They're like it's just all over the place. But this is that's how you not, get there. That's not entirely true. That's true. They're also playing on Long Island. They're playing at UBS because I have tickets to their first game. Oh, at do UBS you? Next week. Yes. That's pretty cool. Oh, is <laughs> yeah. is it next week already? I know it was yeah. soon, but because they're, they played their home openers in Connecticut, so. Yes. Yeah, that's we're recording on Friday night. That's tonight. They're playing right now. Yes, they're playing um, now. Yeah, but the yeah they're playing they're playing at UBS on on the tenth. Then uh, that was a Christmas gift. I got tickets to see the uh, the PWHL New York team. Which I just want to say this: I love the sort of cross branding in a way between the oh, it's basically Gotham, the Liberty Liberty yeah. and the team where they all have the same colors. Brilliant. And like the goalie equipment has like basically the Liberty logo on it like it's great yeah so let's we'll we'll end here before we get into you know every other sport on the face of the earth um do you have anything else you want to add related to women's basketball i mean go bats is (laughs) what i have to uh, which is you said women's basketball but go bats i am taking that over go bats we're come whenever that season starts because they still haven't released a schedule and their season starts earlier than the wnba um, sometime in March, we may or may not become a soccer podcast. It'll be, I'm sure we'll have a segment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're going to, by that time, who knows what other players they'll have. They'll have the entire U.S. women's national team. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter slash X, uh, at TOTK podcast, TOTK pod. TOTK pod on Twitter X, and then you can email us at TOTKpodcast at gmail.com. Um, thank you so much for listening. Next week, maybe we will have some minor free agency news, given that it starts in a couple of like, you know, when we're recording this next week, we'll be a few days out. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye.